You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups to meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Last weekend, Pastor Jonathan began a new series called The Call to Character. His main takeaway was that God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, but for your character development. Life groups can be a great way to develop character and also meet people who genuinely care about you and are willing to do life with you. Check out our life group directory at intlfamilychurch.com to find the perfect life group for you. October 6th, we added a fourth service. We're so excited for the opportunity to reach more people and help them encounter the love of Jesus. The new service times are 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30 a.m., and 1 p.m. Now here's today's message. Much for being with us. If you have your Bibles or your favorite digital device, why don't you turn over there to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to get started in our series here in just a moment, and, and uh, so grateful that you're with us today. Today we are in part three of a six-part series entitled, A Call to Character. A Call to Character. If you've missed part one and part two, I would encourage you, man, catch up with us or listen to it over and over again. Get online at intlfamilychurch.com and uh, go to the media section. Everything is archived. Uh, It'll be a great blessing for you. Share it with friends and family from around the world. And uh, we're excited about you being with us today. A Call to Character is a series about growing in character as we develop the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5 says this to us in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, that's quite a list. It really is. It's an amazing list. See, God longs for you to know Him intimately. It's His plan. He wants you to know him because when you know someone, there's no fear. When you know someone, there's trust. And when you don't know someone, you're not sure, should I trust them? Are are they legit? Um, And so it's important that you know God and get to know him intimately because why? There'll be no fear in your relationship. they'll They'll have no sense of inferiority in your relationship. There'll be a sense of trust, a building of friendship and relationship that's so very important. The good news uh, to every follower of Christ is that the fruit of the Spirit, God's nature, is already inside of you. Isn't that good news? In you right now are the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I didn't say you use them. I didn't say they're growing. I didn't say they're helping you, uh, but they're in you as a child of God. And that's, that's important to know that they're in there today. And if you want to live a successful life, it's important that we grow the fruit of the Spirit. It's important that we understand these important characteristics and manifestations of God's nature so that we can grow up and be all that God wants us to do. So the call of the hour has always been on the church to grow up, to mature, right? Yeah. To, to not be stuck in eternal adolescence. And there are many adult believers that are stuck um, speaking the language of of teenagers and the foolish behavior of teenagers, and they they, they haven't grown to the place where God wants them to be. And thank God this series is going to help us because He wants us to grow and mature more in the love, joy, peace, more patience, kindness, goodness, more faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our lives. 
Now, as I build our, our message today, let me help put some things in context for you today as to why the fruit of the Spirit are so important. Now, remember, part one, we talked about the what and, and why, it, you know, what is character, and these last parts, we're talking about how to implement them in our lives and why they're so important and how we do it because um, they've never been more important than any ever time we've ever existed and lived. The fruit of the Spirit have never been more important. Now, if you've never read chapter 5 of Galatians, I would encourage you to do so. And especially, if, and I would encourage you to read the whole book of Galatians. It's a powerful book. I won't go into details of it now. But I've read over and over again chapter 5 to put things in context. So I want to read from verse 16 and, and show you why what we're doing in this series is so important and you need it more than ever. In my Bible, as I was reading this, the, I was reading out of the, the, the Passion Translation, a great translation. If you don't have it, you should get it. Um, and it says in the, in the heading of this, ver- of this portion of Scripture, the Holy Spirit, our victory. I'm going to read a few more verses than normal, but listen very carefully. you understand why in a moment. It says this, as you yield freely and fully to the d- dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense craving hinders your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. That's powerful right there. Isn't that always our constant battle? The old, may, the old way of thinking and the new way of thinking. The, the old man that's been uh, de- destroyed because of Christ and, and this new creation that we desire to live. And every one of us have that battle on a constant basis. I don't care how long you've been born again. I don't care how, how old you are in Christ or how mature you are in Christ. This is a constant battle. Can I get a witness on that? Yes. Constant battle battle. No doubt about it. It goes on to say, the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, and wild parties. What a list. And all the other similar behavior, just in case your favorite one's not on there. Right? The Holy Spirit adds, I thought, was, I thought that was awesome, that he would say, well, I'm not a murderer, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. Well, any other similar behavior, you're included, all right? So your behavior's on the list. So don't, don't look at me like that. Uh, but that's an amazing list, and it goes on to say, we'll come back to that list in a moment. It goes on to say, temper tantrums, yep, yeah, okay, go back to the other one, thank you. And all 
other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, it's not you producing it, amen, the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, that's already, it's in you, right, within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Man, if that doesn't put it all in perspective why this series is so important and so relevant today, we can go back to that list. That's verse 19. Man, that list is an amazing list of cravings of the self-life. I don't want the self-life, amen, anymore. How about you? Man, we're working hard to not deal with this list of issues. Now, the list is there, no doubt. It's true. We can all say a big amen to that. But the antidote to this list is the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It helps us so we don't live this self-life. It helps us grow up so we're no longer having temper tantrums. We're no longer bound by pornography. We're no longer unable to rejoice with others when they get promoted or, or in love with our own opinions. I mean, on and on the list goes. The fruit of the Spirit is there to help us finally have the ability to walk in victory and be an overcomer in every area of our lives. I don't know about you, but I want to be an overcomer in every area. And I know that's a tall order, but I believe it's important that we have a vision of overcoming. Amen. I want overcomer to be my middle name, Jonathan Overcomer Del Turco. Let it be your middle name. Let it be your identity. Amen. Let it be what you say. No matter what the experience is right now, that's God's plan for us today. Amen. Now you will notice from our key verse of scripture in Matthew, excuse me, Galatians 5, it says what? The fruit of the spirit is love. You see here, fruit here is singular. And the reason for it being singular is there's but one love. It's the fruit of love. And you'll say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought there was nine fruits of the Spirit. Well, there, no, there's only one. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And there are eight expressions of that love, eight manifestations of that one fruit, right? We told you that the best example that, that I, I can come up with is that of a fruit and that of an orange. We, we showed you this last week and, and how this is an orange and love, this represents love right? It's one fruit. But if I peel this, what's on the inside? Many sections, many different parts of that today. So, so we dealt with love and today we want to do what? Today we want to peel love and get on the inside of love, right? I didn't want to peel that in front of you because it doesn't peel very well. I tried it. (laughs) And you get all that white stuff under your nails. And I thought, I don't want to do that in front of all of you, right? So I peeled it ahead of time. So today we're going to peel love. We're going to peel the orange. We're going to peel the fruit and we're going to unwrap it today and talk about uh, the fruit of joy and peace. We're still going to call it fruit, right? Because I like the, the connotation. It's fruit. It needs to ripen. It needs to grow. It needs to mature, so our joy and our peace. So we're still going to call it fruit, and we're still going to realize that, that it's, it's something that, that you need to discern today. See, there was one, one orange I, I peeled, and it was all dry. 
Ever buy an orange and it's all dry? There's no juice in it. You want to take it back. You want to think, I got robbed. I got ripped off. I can't juice this thing. <laughs> now, this happens to be, I tasted it already. Uh, it's super sweet. So we want our fruit to what? Be super sweet. We don't want it to be dry. We don't want to be hard and bitter. We want it to be soft and ripen, right? And tasty. And something that others will want to participate with benefit me, fruit of the Spirit does first, and it benefits everybody else that comes in contact with me. Amen? Amen. So good. Here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main truth we're going to go home with today. Listen very carefully. There isn't any, say there isn't any. There isn't any difficult situation that you will face that the fruit of the Spirit will not enable you to overcome. There's that overcome again. We're going to be overcomers, right? There's not one thing you're going through right now, one thing that you'll ever go through that you will not be able to see through it and walk in victory and be an overcomer if you'll understand the power and nature of the fruit of the Spirit. It'll absolutely change your life. Now, why is that so important? Let me read it again. There isn't any difficult situation that you will face that the fruit of the Spirit will not enable you to overcome. Why is that so important? Because in my experience, far too many believers are going from crises to crises without learning any lessons. They're going from crises to crises, and they're not getting stronger after the crises. They're just getting worn out. They're just overwhelmed. Now, there's a little, sometimes they'll, 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 they'll gut it through, and they'll get to the other side, all disheveled, if you will, right? And, and kind of, you know, get to the other side, but they are not better they're not stronger. They're not um, in a place where they've learned their lesson. Oftentimes, a little part of peace in their life, and the crisis comes right back again, usually the same one or something similar. What does that mean? We're not growing. We're not learning. We keep going around the mountain all over again. I mean, aren't, aren't we done going around the mulberry bush? Aren't we done going around the mountain again? Doesn't that look familiar? Uh, we do well. We're living in that, we're living in that place where, where we're living in that mercy cycle where things get better. We ask God for mercy. Have mercy on me. It gets a little bit better. Then we're back to mercy again. We never get to grace. We never get to change. We never get to be better. We're always asking for mercy. We're always asking to help me overcome the same thing over and over again. The fruit of the Spirit will enable you not to keep going around the mountain again and again and again. There'll be other challenges. There'll be other storms. It doesn't make us storm free, but it gives us the strength and the ability that when they do come, we're going to learn something. We're going to be better for it. We're going to be strong. I'm going to prove that to you today. Amen. So let's talk for a few minutes about the fruit of joy. Let's be real clear right from the beginning. Joy is not happiness. Joy and happiness are not the same. Happiness is always based on something outward. Joy is always based on something inward. Happiness is an emotion, emotion based on feelings and circumstances. Here, joy is not an emotion, but a virtue based on God's word, the truth of God's word. Happiness is an outward expression of pleasure. A superficial emotion dependent upon our current situation or circumstances. Wow, that's amazing. See, for, for happiness, you will need to buy that new iPhone 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or whatever your favorite brand might be. For happiness, you want, you want the wide angle, the small angle, the take pictures in the dark, okay? Um, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna want the new phone. 
For happiness, you'll need that new dress. For happiness, you'll need those new shoes. Maybe the pocketbook to go with it. Right? For happiness, you'll, you'll, need, you'll need those new toys. For happiness, you'll need that new puppy. Oh, absolutely. You'll need that new puppy. Right? For, for, for happiness, you'll need that new job. For happiness, you'll need that new partner. Happiness. Happiness is based on feelings and circumstances. So you'll never know. Listen very carefully. This is so powerful. You will never know the true joy until you give up pursuing the fleeting, ever-changing side of happiness. Did you get that? You'll never know the true joy until you give up pursuing the fleeting, ever-changing side of happiness. Now, I'm not suggesting God doesn't want you happy. That's not what I'm saying. Of course he wants you happy. Right? What father wouldn't want his children to be happy? He wants you to be happy, but he doesn't want your happiness to be the merry-go-round roller coaster side of happiness. Right? He doesn't want that for you because he knows how, me- how that messes you up. He knows how that hurts you. He knows how that puts your emotions all over the map. And you're up good one day, down the next, in love one day, not in love the next day. Right? Ready to attack life and just ready to give up on life. It's you're all over the map. And God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to give up the fleeting pers- pursuit of the wrong side of happiness. Because it's messing us up. It's causing us not to be able to walk by faith. It's causing us not to walk in consistency. It's causing us always to be moved by the wrong things instead of what God's word declares in our life. What's joy? Joy is a settled inward attitude of contentment and confidence that produces a steady trust in a good God. Is that deep-seated well-being which no outside circumstance can alter. And that's amazing. That's worthy of taking a picture of that and writing it down somewhere because this is what we're talking about today. This is a representation of the fruit of the Spirit. This is what's living on the inside of you. The potential of what's living on the inside of you is in you right now. It's a settled inward act, praise God. See, Nehemiah 8.10 tells us what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's the Lord's joy. It's not your joy. It's the Lord's joy that is your strength. See, when you're possessed with this divine strength, we can face the worst that life can throw at us, even though our outward faces might express the deep sorrow or the overwhelming nature of what we're going through and my body posture, my looks, my, my, my lack of sleep, my, my disheveled appearance might look like I'm going through the worst time of my life. But in the midst of that, there's something in you that's standing tall. Inside of you is something that's consistent. Inside of you, there's something that's steady. Inside of you is something that's good and real. It's like the picture of the little duckling. And right from the surface, you'd never know that duck is as calm as can be I need the water, right? And so that's joy on the inside of you, the joy that makes you calm, even though there's certain aspects about your life that aren't near where they need to be. Thank God it is this joy that sees us through the most difficult, darkest times of our life. Joy enables us to be overcomers. Listen very carefully. Joy is always a choice we purposely make. You have to choose it. No one's choosing it for you. Your circumstances aren't. Your feelings aren't. 
They want to go the other way. They want to get in bed and put the covers over your head with your favorite teddy bear and a quart of orange juice. That's what they want to do. They don't want to stand up and be strong. They don't want to stand up and pace the floor at midnight hour when you're racked with pain and overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. See, it's possible to feel joy in difficult times. Listen, joy doesn't need a smile in order to exist, although it does feel better with one. Joy doesn't need a song to sing to exist, even though it's better with one. Come on, somebody, right? Joy does not need everything in neat order, even though it would be great if it was in order. See, joy can share its space with all the other emotions, with sadness, with shame, with anger. Happiness can't. Happiness can't. Happiness takes off when you're angry. Happiness takes off when you're overwhelmed. Happiness is not there for you when you're like bound by all kind of craziness. Happiness is fickle. Happiness is like some of your friends. Life gets tough and off they run. Happiness is that friend. Happiness is that person. But joy can hang out with shame. Joy is not intimidated by shame. Joy is not intimidated by fear. Joy is not intimidated by somebody being overwhelmed. Joy is not intimidated by anxiety. Joy says, come on, buddy. We're in this together. Right? We're in this together. Joy says, we got this. Happiness says, I'm out of here. Joy says, I'm with you all the way. Got your back. Amen. So who, what do you want, joy or happiness? Hello? Yes. Happiness is not present when darkness comes. Happiness is not there when difficulty arises. Joy will never leave. Joy undergirds our heart and minds, and it brings to life peace and contentment in our lives. Oh, that's so good. Man, that's such, such depth that I tell you, it just ministers to my heart. It just makes me happy. And I get to do this two more times. Here's where I like to say it. Listen very carefully. Happiness is based on how I feel. Joy is based on what I know. You want to be moved by all all you feel for the rest of your life? It's happening as you speak. It makes you unstable. It makes you you all over the place. But joy is not based on how I feel. Joy is based on what I know. See, everybody has a knower. What's in your knower? Is your knower empty? What's in your knower? See, there's certain things you're going to know if you're going to overcome. You've got to know you're saved. And and you're not not every other day getting saved all over again. You need to know that in your knower. You have confidence that if you've given your life to Christ, you are a child of God. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. You've got to need to know you're on your way to heaven. Nobody can convince you otherwise. You've got to know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and this wonderful prayer language that God gives us, you've got to know it's for today. It's real. You need it. You gotta know that you know that tithing works. You gotta know that you know going to church works. You gotta know that you know reading God's word works. You gotta know that you know confessing God's word works. You gotta know that you know walking in love. It works even though it's hard on your flesh. You gotta know some things. You gotta know. It's in your knower. And if you don't know certain things, then joy will never be a part of your life. Joy is based on what you know. And if you're all over the map and don't know much, guess what? You'll have not much joy, if any. That's good preaching today. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to be a good pastor today. 
Joy is based on what you know. See, Jesus taught this principle in John 15. He said this in verse 11. I've told you these things for a purpose. What things? God's word. If you, if you read verses 1 through 11, he's talking about being a part. Jesus is the vine, and I'm the branch, and severed, I can't be fruitful, but connected, I can be, and abide in me, and I abide. It's all about remaining and abiding. It's all God's word. So I've told you these things. I've, I've, I've spoken God's word to you that my joy might be your joy, and your joy wholly mature. Grow up. Amen grow up. The Old Testament recognizes this is to be true. And Jeremiah says this in verse 15, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. I ate them. I had a feast. I thought, what? This is too good to be true. Is this true? Is this really in there? And I devoured it. I had a feast. And what happened when I had that feast? They are my joy and my heart's delight. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Listen, an appropriate question to ask ourselves. Listen, when our feelings are controlling us and we are lacking joy, the question needs to be asked, how much time do I spend in God's word? If I spend little to no time, I have little to no joy. If I lack joy, the good news is I can get it by getting back and reading God's Word, spending quality time in God's Word, confessing God's Word, making God's Word a daily part of my life, and not just something I do Sunday mornings or when I'm in trouble. Come on. You don't confess healing scriptures when you're sick. You confess healing scriptures before you get sick. Amen. And so it's important, it's imperative that we love God's Word. See, God's Word is the key. It really is. And and training your child from a very young age that he loves God's Word and he cares about God's Word, it's a priority in our house. Amen? It's a priority in my life, whether it's an actual Bible I carry or a digital device or, man, I, I'm, I'm uh, the, the, the number one place I visit on the internet all the time is version. You have version downloaded on your phone, yeah. on your digital device, you need to. Y-O-U version. It's an it's a, a amazing uh, Bible app, that pl- reading plans, and you name the translation and the paraphrase, it's there. I mean, you should live there. It should be the number one place you visited, and there are multiple millions upon millions of people around the world that have downloaded that app, and what a great joy it is. Amen? Yeah. A little, little announced, little... Um, Thank you. Commercial. Thank you. (laughs) Amen. See, not only does your faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, so does joy. You want your faith to grow? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Not having heard comes by, I heard that already. Hear it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Joy comes the same way. Amen. You want joy? You need to hear God's word. Your ears, your eyes, reading it, saying it. Amen. Being a part of it. And that's so important. What makes joy, listen, what makes joy overcoming joy is not focusing on the storm you're in, but focusing on the word you use in the midst of your storm. Now, that was worth the price of admission. I'm going to say it again. What makes your joy overcoming joy is not focusing on the storm you're in, but focusing on the word you use in the midst of the storm. You can tell the folks that are always focusing on the storm because they're suffering all the time. (laughs) Suffering. We have a part of the body of Christ that loves to suffer. 
I'm not suggesting that there's not suffering that comes along with certain tests and trials. Loss of a loved one, overwhelming situations, stuff you signed up, didn't sign up for. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But you can suffer for suffer's sake, or you can learn something through your suffering. How do we learn something through our suffering? Is we don't just focus on suffering. Amen. We're just not going from suffering to suffering and thinking suffering is the answer. Suffering is not the answer. While you are suffering, make sure you are using God's word in the midst of your suffering. That's the key. That's how you learn a lesson from that storm. Not the storm in itself. Oh, I get it. When my wife went through her life and death experience and she's on the emergency room and she's close to death and and she's in intensive care, on the other side of that course, we appreciate life all the more and me all the more and and her family and, 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 and you. And I mean, on and on it goes. Yes, there's no doubt. But the real lesson learned, you ask her, the real lesson she learned was not the life and death experience, but the word that came out of her mouth during the life and death experience. You might think it's a little picky. No, it's not picky at all. It is absolute the truth. Don't you dare suffer without declaring God's word. Storms don't make us stronger. It's the word we use that makes us stronger. I, I, I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Joy is based on what we know. What do we know? We know God perfects that which concerns me. What do we know? God is a master orchestrator. He's always working for my good. What do we know? He forgives all my sins, all my iniquities, and heals all my diseases, all my sicknesses. What do I know? I know that he enables me to be more than a conqueror. I know that he loves me unconditionally. I know that his plan for me is good. I know that, that he, he's in favor of my success. What do you know today? You got to rehearse what you know, because when you know it and you can declare it and you, no one can convince you otherwise. No one can tell you otherwise about your purpose and about God's plan and about you might not know the next step, but you know the one who knows the next step. Yes right? So it's in your knower. You got to know something. And the more you know, man, the more joy is going to steady you through the worst of times. Isn't that good news today? Come on, give the Lord praise one more time today. All right. Let's, let's get another piece of this. All right, I want to eat this. This is so, smells so good today. Listen, let's talk about peace. The fruit of peace. Oops. The fruit of peace. Now, the Bible tells us some things. John 14, Jesus had a lot to say about peace. He made peace something very special. And John 14, 27 says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. And I love that. In his passes, obviously Jesus is going away. And when he passed from this world to go and be seated at the right hand of the Father, he's given us certain gifts. He's given us some things that are very special. He gives us his name. He gives us his power. And he gives us his peace. When a loved one leaves, they don't leave their loved one's junk. They don't leave a broken watch, (laughs) broken down car right? They don't leave you junk that's worthless. No, absolutely not. They leave us things that are valuable. And so Jesus left us something that obviously was so special 
and so necessary for the day that we're living in, so important that he made sure you understood that what he was leaving us was his perfect peace. Amen. So I believe that peace to Jesus was one of the most precious things that he could have given us. And here is the number one reason why he gave us peace. The number one function of peace is to prevent the hearts of God's people from being troubled. Now, I live in the same society you live. I live in the same world you live. It's never been crazier. It's never been more overwhelming. The news has never been more shocking. There's everywhere you look, it's bad news. What buildings are collapsing? Who's getting killed? Who's whatever, right? I mean, it's just constant. But the number one function of peace is to prevent the hearts of God's people from being troubled. Amen. There'll be some things that'll come on the earth and that are already here that you can't pray away. You can't fast away. You can't confess away. It's part of the day that we're living in. It's part of the last of the last days. Oh, there are many things that prayer will change. There are many things that fasting will change. There are many things that your confession of God's word will change. But there are certain things that are around us right now and coming to us in this world that we're living in before Jesus comes back that we cannot change. See, Jesus explained in Matthew 24 what those things would be. What would happen? He lists these things that must come to the earth. And then Luke expounds on Jesus' account in Matthew. And he says this in Luke 21, there'll be upheavals of every kind. Nations will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of epic proportion, resulting in famines in one place after another. There will be horrible plagues and epidemics, cataclysmic storms on the earth, and astonishing signs and cosmic disturbances in the heavens. Oh my goodness. These things will be so fearful, the Bible says that they have the potential of literally frightening people to death. Bible says, for, men, for fear, men's hearts will fail them. It's all around us. But Jesus gave followers who live in this season one commandment, and one commandment that he wants us to obey, and one commandment he insists that we understand and we recognize. Matthew 24, verse 6 says, see to it that you are not troubled. Wow. That means it's possible. That means as overwhelming as the news is, as overwhelming as your life is, as overwhelming as what's going on in your neighborhood or your schools or what's going on in politics, what's going around around the world, as overwhelming as that is, he says to us, see to it that you are not troubled in the midst of all that, not in some utopia, not in some perfect uh, place, absolutely not. In the midst of what we're experiencing, see to it that you are not troubled. Notice the responsibility is not on me. Amen. The responsibility is on you. It's on me as an individual, but not me to help you walk it. Jesus is not coming down to bring you peace. He's saying you are responsible. You need to be intentional about whatever it takes for you to walk in this kind of peace so you are not troubled. This is not something you can pass the buck on. This is not something you can say and give to somebody else. Amen. We must take the initiative and cultivate the fruit of peace in our own hearts. Amen. Let me read you John 14, 27 again, only now in the amplified version. It says, peace I leave with you. 
My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Man, that's a good word today. That's so important. See, the presence of peace, then, is the thing that keeps our heart from trouble. Regardless of the extent of the forces of hell that are attacking you, regardless of what's taking place or how long it's ever, how long it's been troubling you, if we possess the peace of God, if we'll recognize the urgency of the moment, if we'll understand our role as children of God in these last days, that God didn't leave us by ourselves to fend for ourselves, to just go at it the best we can and, and good luck and, and hope you get there on the other side. No, absolutely not. Amen. While everything around us intensifies, we must see the urgency of the moment. I love these words of Jesus. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance. It's a good word. And give you courage and strength for every challenge. I've turned this into a declaration. I, I turn this into confession. Lord, I thank you. I believe that, that your perfect peace calms me in every circumstance and gives me courage and strength for every challenge. See, I believe that. And I believe that guides me. I believe that's for me. I believe that comes alongside as reinforcement. Comes alongside, you know, I'm in the covered wagon and surrounded by the enemy forces and I hear the cavalry coming. And the cavalry say, hey, hey, it's okay. I'm with you here. Perfect peace. Calm you in every circumstance even though you're surrounded, and give you courage and strength for every challenge that, that messed you up in times past. It's not going to work this time. Not only because of joy settling you, but peace enabling you to have courage to rise up and be an overcomer. Let me tell you something. Though our mind wants to panic and freak out, that's why it's called peace that passes all understanding. That's why it's called peace that doesn't make sense. Peace that people look at you and say, what? What are you on, drugs? What's, what's wrong with you? Shouldn't you be screaming? Shouldn't you be like, like, like panicking? Shouldn't you like be all over the map? I wanna, I'll, I'll be all over the map with you. It's like they want to come along and join you to be all messed up. That's why it's called peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. It doesn't make sense to your feelings. Amen. Listen very carefully. Luke 10 talks about the story of Martha and Mary. Martha, Jesus came to Martha's house, if you'll read it. And, and Mary, her sister, was there. So Martha's working so hard, working hard, 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 hard to get food together, the house together. And, and she's just doing all this work to prepare all that's going on. And she's angry because Mary is over there where? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his, her, his words growing and learning and being amazed by the wisdom that's coming out of his mouth. Martha's so upset, she goes to Jesus, interrupts him. So don't you care? I mean, isn't this, this isn't right. This isn't right that, that Mary gets to do all this and she's not helping me. Will you kind of, will you rebuke her and put her in her place and send her in the kitchen? And Luke 10, 41 to 42 says this. Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? 
Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Wow. And that speaks of us, doesn't it? Those of us that are so troubled by things. And, and we know where, where, where is peace found? Where is the best place to be? At the feet of Jesus. In his word. Worshiping him. Being in that place. Making it our lifestyle. Recognizing how true that is. Amen. And my last verse. The Apostle Paul nailed it when he said this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I've, I've, I've amplified that word guard. Here's what it means. To protect with a military guard or garrison. You understand when peace rules your heart and mind, you have an actually actual military guard standing watch over your mind and heart. Amen. Amen. Guarding you. Nope. You can't come in here. You're going to mess him up. You messed him up last time. No, you're not coming in here. She's, she's better than this now. She's not who she used to be. She's a different person now. She's not letting you talk to her like that. She's not letting you abuse her like that. He's not letting you manipulate her like that. That's not going to happen. And Pete stands guard and says, nope, sorry. Secret service, military guard, right? Uh, uh, airborne rangers, whatever. They're, they're there waiting for you, watching over you. Do you have a military guard guarding your mind and heart? You need one. The fruit of the Spirit will make sure you're always guarded and you have a military presence backing you up. Oh, my goodness. That's good news today. I love that fact. I love the fact that we have learned here today, that we have learned joy enables us to have an inward steadiness. And peace enables us not to be troubled. Amen. And I hear the Lord, the the word of the Lord say, get your guard back up. Get your guard back up. And see to it that you are not troubled. We've let our guard down. We've gotten lazy. We've, 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 we've allowed familiarity to creep in like it's just whatever. No, get the urgency back. Get the fight back. Get the strength back. Get your guard back up because joy and peace are there to back you up. You are not alone. You might say, I'm all by myself. Nobody in my family believes what I do. You're not alone. Amen. As you develop this fruit of love, as you work hard in making love your number one aim, making love your number one spiritual priority, out from that, joy grows and and peace begins to take its place. Amen. What was our big takeaway? There isn't any difficulty, any difficult situation that you will face that the fruit of the Spirit will not enable you to overcome. Wow. Come on, give God praise this morning. Now, that'll put meat on your table this week. That'll help you this week. That'll cause you to be able to say, I can do this. It'll change your attitude when you go to work. It'll change your attitude when you're dealing with with situations that are overwhelming to you. This will immediately impact you and make you better. That's why you come to International Family Church. Why else would you come to International Family Church if you're not going to come and get equipped and check your oil and put more air in your tire and put some gas in your tank and send you out there, praise God, victorious, because that's who you are. Amen. Woo, come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. 
Come on, raise those hands towards heaven and thank him today. Oh, he is so good. Oh, he is so awesome and so wonderful. He has thought about every detail of your life. He has not let nothing by itself. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you that you really show your love. The more we understand your word, the more we realize, wow, you really do love me. You really do care about every detail of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. As your eyes are closed, what's your action plan from this service? What do you need to do better? What do you need more of, less of? What part of this message says, said, ouch, said, oh man, I, I need to work on that. I, I need to do more of that. Thank you, Father, for loving me enough that you told me the truth today. You've given me an action plan. What, what is it? Don't leave today without an action plan, without something that says, I, here's what I can do. Do some, make some step. And as you make that step, watch the Holy Spirit come alongside to help you to be the best grown-up, victorious, overcoming child of God you've ever been in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Oof. Thank you, Father. Let's just let that atmosphere soak in today. Just enclose yourself in God's love right now for just a moment. Make your seat that wonderful altar of committing yourself afresh and new to God's word, afresh and new to his peace and his joy and his love. A fresh commitment to sit at his feet. Fresh commitment to be Mary and not Martha. Thank you, Father. As every head is bowed, I want to make sure everyone in the room knows Jesus. I want to make sure everybody watching online today, you know Jesus. He lives inside your heart. He's your Lord and your Savior. I want to make sure that you've started this spiritual journey. You're not doing it all by yourself. That you recognize, I can't do this life by me. I can't do it all. I, I'm, not, I'm not God. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. I thought I was, but I'm not. You need Jesus today. Let him come and live inside your heart. Make you alive and forgive you from your sins and give you the assurance of heaven. And give you everything you need to live this life victorious today. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to embarrass you or call you forward. I'm not going to do that at all. But I want you to take the initiative. I want you to be intentional and say, that's me. I need Jesus today. I'm ready to open up my heart. I'm ready to say yes to his lifestyle. I'm done with the self-life. I'm ready for the God life. If that's you. Raise your hand nice and high right now. Who are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Who else? Thank you, sir. Who else? Thank you. I see it back there. God bless you. Who else? Raise it high. Thank you, ushers. Yeah, I see it. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. Right by that pole. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Yep. No, okay. Who else? Raise it up high. Yeah, all the way back there. I see it. God bless you. Awesome. Over here on the side. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Miracles in the house today. Miracles of a new creation in Christ today. Brand new beginnings and brand new starts. How wonderful is that today? Let's all pray this prayer with me together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I'm tired of being the boss of me. I need your help. Forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. 
I come up under your lordship. You are now the boss of me. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.